0: You are listening to Friends of Europe's podcast. Don't miss our debates on global and European issues that span political, economic, social and environmental challenges. And follow our website at friendsofEurope.org. Thank you very much for staying for the third session. This is going to be a very important session. We've talked... During the day of people, we've talked about young people, their problems, their challenges, and we heard from a young friend during the uh, conversation with the Commissioner Hahn the need to have the young people's voice heard in these discussions. During the day, we've talked about the challenge posed by youth unemployment, By brain drain, we've talked about the radicalization of young people taking place. And of course, uh, there are a high number of foreign fighters from the region going to join the so-called Islamic State or Daesh in Syria and Iraq. To explore some of these questions further, we have our panel. Sorry, I'm just fixing this, uh, of uh, experts who are going to discuss this and explore this a bit further with us. Uh, we have uh, the pleasure of having Valon Murtazaj, Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs from Kosovo. Thank you very much for being here, Valon. We also have uh, Ms. Doris Pack. She doesn't really need an introduction in Brussels, but I'm going to do it very anyway. President of the Robert Schumann Institute in Budapest, but she's, of course, well known as the former chair of the European Parliament Committee on Culture and Education. Ms. Pack, thank you very much for being here as well. Ratisl- Ratislav Rubrensky, manager of the Istanbul Regional Hub for Europe and the CSI of the UNDP also a friend and colleague who's been here for several of our conferences and always a valuable contributor to the debate. Uh, Alida Ratchic, Executive Director of the think tank Populari, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Alida, thank you for coming here. And last but not least, Giorgio Bojovic, Head of the Program Department, European Grassroots, anti-racist movement, based now in France, Georgia. Yeah. Going to kick off with you, Valon, about some of the questions that we've talked about now. We've talked about high youth unemployment. We've talked about the brain drain and violent radicalization going, um, going on. Uh, what is this toxic mix uh, that's happening there? And do you have any kind of a reason that this is happening and maybe some solutions you can share with us? Thank um, you. May I just say that we're going to have the five minute Countdown starting as well? Yeah, please, Valon. Yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you, Shada, very much. It's uh, really my pleasure and honor to be here uh, in front of this audience and to exchange some of the ideas in very important, on very important topics that have been covered uh, today in the morning and uh, at this session. Uh, whenever we talk for Kosovo or on behalf of Kosovo, um, we should keep in mind that we are talking uh, mainly for young people because 60, around 60% of the population is young population, under 30 years old. And I remember I was, of course, I was younger just after the war and worked with UNICEF and Save the Children in, in that time. And everyone described this young age of the population as a a strength and And I was keeping repeating that in any fora in any discussion and so on I keep doing that the same today but 17 years after uh, with all the problems that you mentioned in the first-hand unemployment rate and other difficulties which are global and European once this is going towards some transformation into a weakness because every year our in our market job market around 20,000 young people enter into and with the current economic development rate it's impossible to absorb All these numbers. Simply, this is a math. Uh, So, uh, back to your question then, what our government is doing is focusing the efforts so to improve the environment for foreign direct investment. This is the only way how to tackle with the high unemployment rate, according to some statistics. Uh, The range of unemployment rate is between 25 and 35, depending on how you assess and the methodology. But anyway, let's take the lowest. 25 is still too high. And adding other phenomena that are happening, unfortunately, worldwide and in Europe as well, such as uh, terrorism, immigration, populism and nationalism, and so on, we are not resistant to these phenomena as well. So, Because we are living in Europe. We are in Europe as geography, as, uh, as history, as, as geopolitics, even as meteorology. So time I want to see what to dress tomorrow, I check what is happening in Vienna in terms of the weather. So I know tomorrow I will have it in, in my home. So... Uh, I'm proud to say that in 2016, according to all information we have, there is no foreign fighter of Kosovo origin that has joined ISIS or Daesh. This is a great success, uh, having in mind all the issues and the situation we we mentioned. Uh, But uh, we need some other aspects to be developed. And I will mention here, and I I keep mentioning, I would like Mr. Hunt to be here as well, Kosovo is the single place in Europe with visa regime. And we are 1.8 million. Let's say a majority of them will not be able to travel even if they have visa because they don't have funds. And this is another psychological barrier and constraint for each and every one young student and person. I mentioned last night in our evening, like for the first time I have seen EU buildings here in Brussels in my age of 30. And I see many students, very young kids, coming to visit these institutions. And that helps a lot in order to transform your thoughts and hopes and dreams. And that's why I said last night, Europe is, we all know, and we are proud of that. Europe is a place, a family of values. In the recent time, it is becoming more oriented towards technical values, or let, if I can call instrumental values. I would like to see European leadership again to go back to the roots of the establishment, like a fairness, justice, human rights democracy, and so on. And Kosovo deserves to be treated equally because we are anyway late because the recent history, I don't want now to, to go there. And our young people are very talented in many, many competitions in Europe and worldwide. They are champions. They are great in IT. I hope they will use the skills for good and we have to give, provide them opportunities. Otherwise, they will become hackers. I don't know. So let's work all together so to improve the conditioning and uh, the living conditioning and opportunities mm. for the people of Kosovo. And these are quite valid for other countries in Western Balkans. Thank you. Mm.
0: Thank you very much, Valon. So, Ms. Pack, how would you comment on what uh, Valon has just said about uh, the the youth? Which could, the youth could be an asset, but actually it's becoming quite a drag because you have to create the jobs, you have to create the opportunities, and you have to create the optimism.
2: It's yeah, I can uh, agree with all these problems described by you, but uh, I think uh, Kosovo is not so other than the other countries around. I don't want to focus directly on, on Kosovo, otherwise I should focus on each of the other countries. As you know, I have been 20 years, 25 years in the European Parliament and I was still working all the time with education and with the Balkans. And uh, I have seen that very few politicians elected by these people in the Balkans are really interested in education. That is a fact. And therefore, I don't know how to make them understanding that the future of their kids and grandkids is really in their hands. They're looking only, mostly, on their pockets. And this is something which makes me furious now for a long time. If I look to there are other problems as well, but especially the higher education field is very, how to say, in danger by corruption. And if I was listening to Commissioner Hahn who told the people, uh, to go to, in the political parties and to try to change politics, believe me, I asked all my stu- students I had, at least I had 200 and more in the 25 years, to go and to go back in their countries and to try to change the parties in going in. It doesn't matter in which party, go in and to get at least another, how does it, in, to influence the spirits there. But they came back to me and said, Mrs. Pacts, now, n- we cannot go. We are not coming to anybody who, who listen to, to us. If we are, who, if we are saying something, then we are Europeans, huh? Go out. So I see, th- I'm a little bit gusty, but I think it, it is like this. So it is easy to speak on the, uh, the civil society, not being really involved in politics, but they are avoided by politicians not to come into politics. Because you could at least make the people understanding that the political leaders elected are not the ones who care really for the future of their kids. That is a big problem of all the Balkans. I don't take anyone else. So, the other thing is that in the countries, as we have heard, the economy is not functioning. Okay. But I don't think that these people all have an idea of social market economy which is something which is very helpful to make employers and employees working together and getting a, an idea of helping people to make start-ups. You should know if you make a start-up in one of these countries, you have to have money to corrupt somebody, that you can do it. Not, not the spirit and the intelligence and, the, and, and, and whatever, the capacity which you have is really counting know the best relations you have, and if you don't have any relations to the running one, you cannot start a start-up, but without the possibility of getting at least involved in the, in the social market economy with start-ups, with their own, with their own ideas, this country can, will never change, and for this as well, the country should make a better education policy. They should really give a better formation to the teachers. They should teach the teachers how to teach. And they should at least spend more money in education. This is in this very moment. I just learned uh, Albania is on, on six, 67 countries on the 57th place on spending money uh, for education, and the most of the money, 67%, is going to, to the preschool. It's okay because there was a lot of things to do. But if you see, for example, I have to say it that in, in this year, in the, in, the sc- in the first school years, three. No, oh yeah. I don't know, I don't name the number, but a lot of kids didn't go to school because she had to go to the harvest for narcotics. Can you imagine? Nobody is crying. Mr. Hahn is not crying. The parliament is not crying. Nobody is crying. So these things are happening in countries which want to become member of the European Union and they are not implementing what they have on letters. The paper is very patient, but they are not investing in fighting against criminalization, and they are not, uh, criminal, and they are not investing against corruption. Okay, corruption is a cancer all over the world. But in the world, normally, the, those who are doing it, they are coming to the court. But in these countries, they are in politics. That is the problem. And I am a politician and I allow myself to say it because as work, I am working on the Balkans now for 25 years. And unfortunately, it is not better. I am stopping. So, 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 Ms. Pack, you
0: you would put the blame on, on the politicians and the policymakers. Oh, I, just can't get you
2: done I just got a, an, an, an email. This morning, I got an, yesterday evening, I got an email because we have, we have done the youth, the European Southeastern youth work. You know, it was a a result of the Balkan meeting in Berlin, Uh, like the French-German youth work. So it's now starting its work in Tirana, a board member, 60 members. The only country which was not ready to send anybody was Bosnia-Herzegovina. And I was called, please help us via your channels channels, to find find at least a solution. Now I get the, the message that at least the prime minister decided to send somebody. So please... Believe me, it is such a crazy situation where the, where the people who is in charge are not really knowing anything of what is needed. And the use is our future. And if we are destroying the use of the future of our kids, we are destroying ourselves.
0: Mm. Thank you for that plain speaking. I think, I think uh, we really needed a Ms. Pack. So, uh, Ratislav. Uh As I said, nice to hear the plain speaking. Ratislav. from you, some plain speaking as well, please.
3: Uh, thank you, and first of all, uh, it's great to be associ- associated with the event as well. And I would like to come back to the issue of, uh, of preventing violent extremism briefly mm-hmm. and then say a few words about the um, role of regional cooperation. I think um, it's now being used uh, extremely often. Mm-hmm. Everyone is dealing with the issue, and I would warn against uh, really simplification of uh, of the issue because that can really lead to securitization and and stigmatization of uh, of certain uh, groups. And what we see uh, working uh, in the field is that very often uh, radicalization and and violent extremism are being mixed uh, together. Radicalization actually is is a normal phenomenon. We need new ideas. Uh, uh, Business, as usual, is not going to work. Uh, and if it's within legitimate political space, uh, there is no problem with it. Uh, it becomes problematic when it goes out of legitimate political space and use violence to convince uh, uh, others that their worldview is, is the right one. But we cannot start just labeling without thinking about it. First, the second one is very, very often linked to uh, religious uh, radicalization. Uh, what we see in, in most of the countries we work, in Western Balkans and also in Central Asia, that issue is much more complicated. And sometimes radicalization and violent extremism is a result of political exclusion of certain groups or economic exclusion. And that leads to um, uh, hopelessness, frustration, and, and people can, can just be radicalized. And we really need to understand uh, what are the drivers. Uh, for instance, in Kosovo we are uh, speaking to, uh, well, former foreign fi- fighters, their families, communities, trying to really understand what were the uh, drivers. The third one are the numbers. And of course, numbers vary, but I was just looking at Global Terrorism Database in 2015, and the number of uh, foreign fighters in Iraq and Syria from the region vary from, uh, say, 17 in Serbia up to 330, Bosnia and Herzegovina, all together, uh, One thousand roughly from uh, from this region it 's perhaps a little bit more, but it 's half of the number from the, than we see in from Turkey or uh, Russia, etc. so is the number high or low, uh, and we need to understand um, uh, who is included. We really need to understand, disaggregate those data, see what are the drivers and, uh, and uh, what were the motivations instead of just uh, speaking very broadly about the issue. Then there's a response, and we see that uh, initial response is um, uh, security response, which can just uh, further aggravate the grievances, so it has to be really a mix of responses. What we do, for instance, in Central Asia, but increasingly also in, in, in Western Balkans, we are looking at uh, political inclusion, we are looking at uh, uh, economic empowerment, we are looking at the uh, role of religious leaders, we are looking at issues of seg- uh, citizen security, tolerance, etc. So it has to be really a mix of uh, approaches. Now, um, uh, regional cooperation. We have been mentioning regional cooperation in in various areas. We really believe that regional cooperation in this area, in Western Balkans, is extremely important. We have have seen it in Central Asia. We have done with the EU High uh, high Representative Ambassador Burian last year a very successful meeting in in, uh, Dushanbe, in uh, Tajikistan, bringing five Central Asian countries. And the reason is, is, is obvious. We know that, uh, uh, that uh, language plays a very important role in, in recruiting uh, 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 strategies. We also know that uh, actually command uh, in, in Syria and, and in, uh, in Iraq is language-based. Uh, you know that Russian is, for instance, uh, second uh, uh, most frequently spoken language among uh, Uh, among uh, foreign fighters. I wouldn't be surprised if if some of the Balkan languages play a very important role. So it's an issue which has uh, regional uh, regional nature. Also, uh, uh, some of the underlying causes are very similar, country by country, and also responses. So uh, we very much welcome initiative from Albania to see more regional cooperation around uh, around uh, uh, these issues. Uh, But most importantly, I would really warn against uh, simplification uh, of the issue is an extremely complex issue, which again, um, it's not business as usual. We are not that much accustomed to work with the religious leaders or community leaders to, to, to speak about very, very sensitive, uh, very sensitive uh, issues. So um, we really need to keep, uh, keep open mind. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, Rathasam, just to pursue this just uh, slightly more, um, so is the radical or violent radical ideology coming from the Gulf? I mean, is it Wahhabism, Salafism, as it is in uh, parts of Western Europe? And is the recruitment also the online phenomena, or is it being done in mosques and uh, uh, social places?
3: Um, I think we we are a little bit more ahead in in, in Central Asia in really understanding the the phenomenon. Clearly, it's a a mix of of, um, radicalization in the mosque, but also online recruitment is extremely important. Uh, We know, for instance, there that uh, uh, religious motivation is perhaps not as important as economic motivation. You know that foreign fighters are being paid and uh, are being paid quite generously as compared to how much they can make in their home communities, for instance, in in, um, uh, in, in, Fergana, in Fergana Valley. As far as religious uh, uh, approach is concerned, you know that the uh, uh, vast majority of Islam is, uh, is not radical Islam. It's peaceful Islam. And what we are, for instance, discussing right now in Africa, and Africa is ahead uh, in responding to these issues, ahead of our region. So this is one of the areas where we should really look at um, some of the best practices. The involvement of uh, religious uh, leaders, mullahs, in um, uh, counter, uh, countering some of the argumentation and some of the ideology and working with, uh, with young, young people and, and, uh, and communities.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Alida, I just wanted to, you to comment on this as well. I mean, why is, um, uh, Rathislav pointed to some of the economic uh, issues and he talked about marginalization as well. In your opinion, what is behind this? Uh, a number of radicalized people, in, in young people in the region. To be honest with you,
4: a day and a half after this conference, I feel that we should have dedicated actually the entire conference to the economic situation in the region, mm-hmm. because every single thing that we have started talking about ends up there. Um, I would really agree with you that we shouldn't uh, exaggerate on on, um, radicalism in the Balkans because statistics and some reports that I have seen recently put the Balkans way below other Western European countries. So number of foreign fighters coming from Belgium, Germany and other countries are actually much, much, much higher. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's not something to be neglected. It's definitely something to be addressed. And I think we have to go back all the way to the economic issues because um, the knowledge that we have so far is that entire families, for example from Bosnia, were intending to go to Syria, to move to Syria with their children, which tells quite a lot. They had no desire to, to come back because they thought economically it would make sense for them to move there. This of course has interlinkages, religious interlinkages, but I think it's, it's uh, the main point is really uh, the economic situation. If you talk about the, the current sort of uh, uh, outlook, what, what's happening there, we're still living way below what, what the standard was in 1989. So this is already quite something to begin with. If we have from 25 to 60% of unemployment in, uh, among youth, and then you have uh, more than 50% of unemployment, uh, or not 50%, sorry, one quarter of unemployment among adults, that means that one family with four has probabilities uh, the probability that it, three, three persons will be unemployed, which is amazing in itself. But at the same time, there are multi-million uh, uh, sort of uh, initiatives in the Balkans, if we talk about radicalism, that, because this, this, this panel is dedicated to that, that try to tackle this one way or the other, preventing it. What they don't do often, because I'm talking, I mean, with all the good intentions, these I are mean, international organizations, what they don't take into account is the local context, very often. So you have on one hand locally produced research and then something that always overweights, which is internationally produced research, which is totally beyond me, especially because this is my world. And it it, it is something that, that, that really uh, hampers the effort itself. But what I would like to um, maybe tackle a bit more is, is, I, is, is this European context. Commissioner Hahn spoke about civil society, said this is the essential part of it, but I don't really see, uh, with all the efforts for more than a decade plus, I don't see how the EU is really uh, deepening EU context. What I see is competitors, called them competitors of the EU, so be it Turkey or Russia, using extremely sophisticated methods to penetrate deep into the structures. Different ways, religious, cultural, historic. And have more success. I mean, in Boston, for example, you have now a big issue, what's gonna happen with Gulenist schools. Why? Because these schools are often provide better education than local schools. And we don't know exactly what, what, what's happening often with these structures because, because these are parallel structures but parents would always opt to have kids in those schools because they they hope kids will be able to leave these stay. are the gulen schools uh Fetala gulen has Hizmet Hizmet movement yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and and we can speak about different sort of uh settings in 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 different countries of the western balkans but education is the key i mean as as mrs Puck said this is this is the, the most essential thing we, this completely overcomes this uh, barrier of what we call, you know, uh, uh, inter-ethnicity. I mean, there is a great example in Sarajevo. There is a queue in a Catholic school center that you cannot possibly enroll your child because it's so competitive. Mm. It's called Catholic school center. It's Catholic school, but Bosniks want to, to, to go there very eagerly because it's exactly because it's the highest quality education that you can possibly get in Sarajevo. So, it's nonsense even to speak about, you know, inter something, ethnic uh, uh, boundaries one way or the other, if we lack these kind of essential things. And in combination, lack of education or poor education, low quality, in comparison with very, uh, coupled with very, very, uh, 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 I would say, bleak economic situation, leads to one way or the other to what we discuss at this panel, which is radicalization or extremism, one way or the other.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, I think in the questions and answer we'll come back to some of the points that all of you have raised, but I want to go to Giorgio now because at the summit uh, held in uh, in, in Paris uh, on the Balkans uh, this July, the decision was taken to set up RICO, so Regional Youth Cooperation Office, and you're, you're a member of that, right? Um, <laughs> uh, what, are, what, are, what, what, what is uh, the uh, office doing? What is its uh, remit? Will it be dealing with the issues of radicalization, brain drain, education?
5: Indeed, thank you, Shada, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, Regional Youth Cooperation Office is an immense success of uh, regional cooperation and good neighbor collaboration in the Balkans but as well as an example of the collaboration of the state institutions and civil society organizations in the Balkans. I'm not a part of RICO, I just took part in the creation of, right. in the creation of that uh, but I, I, yesterday I tried to, to, to bear in mind the fact that after Dayton Peace Agreement and probably Central European Free Trade Agreement, this is the third paper signed by all Western Balkans Prime Ministers or Presidents, if you want. I mean, if you have to agree in the Balkans that this paper is white and the format is A4 and that you have to sign that by six Prime Ministers, I doubt that we could agree on that. And in these terms, it's a huge success. Uh, Basically, the idea to found the Regional Youth Cooperation Office, or how we call it, RICO, uh, was propelled by civil society organizations who have conducted youth exchanges for years. And at some point we started thinking, can we imagine, can we just imagine for a second that with state infrastructure and support, what can be done? And a great example on this part was the French-German Youth Office of AGE that conducts exchange programs between young French and Germans for more than 50 years. And the process itself was accelerated in the scope of the Berlin process initiated in 2014 by Prime ministers of Serbia and and Albania. But when we started advocating for it, the question here in Brussels, and the key, key question about the Regional Youth Cooperation Office is, why RICO if we have Erasmus Plus? That was the question we needed to answer here in Brussels. And basically the answer is, because of the specific context and because of the dealing with the past. I mean, let's put it like a concrete example. If you bring together young Serbs and Albanians from Mitrovica in order to play a football match, and if you take take a hypothesis that the result of the match is not a problem at the end, I mean, they will leave and they won't open tough topics from the past. What differs RICO from similar uh, mobility packages is that, indeed, it's the very first regional, institutionalized reconciliation mechanism in the Balkans. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge success. There are, on, the other side, on the other side, there are huge obstacles to, to this. Uh, in the first place, in terms of mobility, we have the strictest visa regime in Europe between Bosnia and Herzegovina and Kosovo. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, six million people cannot communicate, travel, work, etc.,
0: Within the region,
5: within the region, between Bosnia and Kosovo, we have the burden of the legacy. We have the burden of the wars, the legacy of of past of 1990s, and I mean, it's it's uh, it brings stereotypes. It uh, the the youth in the Balkans is more radical than our parents. I mean, as a matter of fact, um, Albanian Minister uh, Mr. Bushati mentioned the exchange program between young Serbs and Albanians last year, organized by the the Ministry of Youth. It's true, but as a matter of fact, we couldn't find 100 children in Serbia to take part in the exchange program, as a matter of fact. I mean, finally, the RICO opens a space for collaboration. Its aim is indeed to, to enhance and to support exchange programs to be a platform for young people from the Balkans to meet, to collaborate, and to reconcile, which is the mission. What is needed? We need Croatia to to rejoin the process. At the very beginning, Croatia was a member of the process. And in order to fulfill RICO's aim, we need Croatia to be a part of the process again. Speaking about practical terms, the office, as um, Mrs. Pak said it has many political obstacles, not coming only from Bosnia and Herzegovina but from many parts. Um, we hope that it will be set operational from January. The headquarter will be in Albania but the local mm. branches will be in all Western Balkans six countries and uh, the, it's the process of selection of secretary-general these days so it's in the process.
0: Right, thank you much. Ratislav. I know you have to leave. Right? Do you have to leave immediately now? Okay, good. I'm going to extend this by about 10 minutes or so because we, we really need to get some uh, interaction with uh, with the participants. And there's some people who had asked questions to Commissioner Hahn. I suggest that those who did uh, about civil society and young people and education, etc., also uh, address themselves to this very, very... Uh, uh, very uh, well qualified panel. So, I already have our friend who's asked a question in every single session, and I admire you for that, I have to say. Uh, and I'm happy to take a question here as well, and perhaps one more. Okay, anyway, please do, do kick off.
6: Uh, thank you. I haven't asked the question in the last session. Okay, so, okay. sorry. About <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> uh, just a few comments. I, I really like the idea that politicians have no idea what is happening on the terrain what was said uh, by uh, Mrs. I'm sorry Doris Peck and since I'm coming from university I can say the same thing and the feeling that uh, Europe has non-technical, the majority of problems are not technical (laughs) but the emphasis on education is like how should we make the education more to be in line with the labour market so breeding this kind of education will not bring people who would understand each other. So this is just an emphasis of what kind of education we need. But on the other side, this education is being, oh, but we don't need people who produce ideas. We need uh, people who will know how to produce things which are basically, you know, we we cannot sell them and the environment is suffering. So, just uh, this. Uh, good, good question. What yes, kind so, of education? Um, okay, thank you. Okay, I will not bother. No, thank you very much so. for okay.
7: that. The lady, the lady over here. Yes, please. Um, okay, uh, my name is Doris Manu. I'm freelance writer for the European Western Balkans. It's an online uh, news platform, and uh, yeah, my question is about the regional news cooperation office. So, I also agree. It's a fantastic uh, initiative. It was agreed at the highest level uh, between the prime ministers. And um, well, in parallel, or before that and in parallel now, we still have the um, um, Youth Initiative for Human Rights, who's organizing uh, the brilliant exchanges between the young people in the region. It's a network also that also has offices in uh, the various capitals in the Western Balkans. And um, is the right code going to, or its mission is to achieve more, I mean, to go beyond the results that already uh, the youth initiative has produced in terms of opening uh, young people um, towards the neighboring countries. And does it have enough financial support to... So put more detail about
0: uh, about RICO. Yeah, very, very good. Anyone else want to come in at at this uh, point? Because this is your last chance. Yes, please. Well, I'll take one, so, sorry. Thank you. Girl has to go faster than the guy, so... Yes, please. Uh,
8: thank you.
4: It's a question. Um, uh, yeah, I'm from EU Policy Hub, Albania, and uh, it's a question for Mr. Bojovic. I hope I pronounce well the name.
0: Um, I'm a fan of RICO and I was part of the brainstorming um, that took place last July in Paris in the frame of uh, Western Balkan uh, Civil Society Forum. Um, my question is about um, communication strategy.
4: Um, do, does RICO has uh, already a communication strategy in order to right. reach all uh, youth, young people in Western
0: Balkans? Very good. If, if, yes, then I'll take your question as well. So I was uh, very quickly, please. Yeah communication yes, strategy.
8: Thank you. Klaus Edlinijs, Riga uh, stradiņš University from Latvia. Uh, actually uh, represent the um, research project on informal, informal institutions that you find on your tables. Uh, I wanted to ask about uh, uh, the, uh, in the previous uh, section we heard uh, that in, in, in the countries of Western Balkans uh, unemployment rate goes up to 40-50% Most probably, that's not really the percentage of people who just sit at home watching TV all the time, but uh, the percentage of the people who work in uh, gray zone. Now, uh, at the process of uh, Europeanization, uh, this is signed as one of the problematic areas. Now, my question is, uh, don't you think that this might um, bring danger to uh, young people as um, having less opportunities to have employment in future and how it could uh, influence their radicalization.
0: Very good questions. Thank you indeed uh, very much. Ratislav, should we kick off uh, with you? uh,
3: I would just say a few words about um, about education, Uh, formal education has been mentioned, so let me Can you make, just
0: hold your microphone close? Yeah, let
3: me make a couple of suggestions. Second session I liked very much because it was very positive and, and um, uh, clear examples. And a word which, uh, which was mentioned many times was skills. So uh, um, and I think one way of uh, promoting employment is recognizing the skills which were not uh, received through formal education so either through informal uh, or um, uh, non-formal ways, self-learning or, or training, and uh, Western Balkan countries need to do much more on that. Um, we need to be able to connect online um, uh, seekers of the, uh, of the job uh, with, uh, with jobs available. For instance, in the States, United States, 40% of the job contracts are now arranged uh, online. We need to promote entrepreneurship. You can do that starting from elementary school, Risk-taking, uh, stamina, uh, uh, being innovative—it can be learned, it can be taught. And the last one, and RCC is doing a great job uh, on this: it's uh, improving mobility, recognition of, uh, of uh, degrees and, and certificates. So we kind of complement single economic market in Western Balkans by uh, allowing people from different countries uh, to work in, in other countries.
0: Mm, thank you very much, uh, Doris. Do, yes, please, Ms. Pack, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to give the floor, but I'll give it to you in a second.
2: I think when I spoke on the economy, I, I only wanted to show that without a flourishing economy, uh, even uh, in, there is no job. Even for graduate people, they need a flourishing economy and they need a functioning, how to say, uh, justice, which allows people to invest and allow people even with a good uh, capacity to make a start-up. But I think, um, I, I, I mentioned it because I have also seen, because I was a former teacher and I was running the uh, education committee, I have seen in the Balkans, not only there, go to Spain as well and to other countries, they don't have really, how to say, a big interest in vocational training. Mm-hmm. Because in the eyes of a lot of people, vocational training is a second rank or a third rank education but uh, this is a, something which we faced very much in spain and therefore therefore spain has now at least started to reform the education not because uh, the germans are better or the netherlands but we have this we have this educational system which allows even vocational training even to start with vocational training, and then to go further, if you if you think that you can make can go further to university or to make a master or whatever, not to block anybody if he or she started with vocational uh, 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 education, and it is not the end of the life. So I think we should make the education much more open. But the system, the education system in the countries, is very very old-fashioned, and this is if some. Mm. If if you speak on this curriculum, uh, it's great of entrepreneurship, but believe me, <laughs> this is very high, high quality, you are asking. They should start with even lot, much lower things, but they should start at least, and therefore I mentioned before, we need a better education for teachers. We need better school masters as well. I am running a, an association which tries in the Balkans now to make at least to give at least a chance to the school rectors to learn at least to run a school and not to hinder young teachers with new ideas to, to get these ideas in practice. So this is something which I wanted to mention. On the other hand, we didn't speak on Erasmus. I was doing in my last job in the last five years in the Parliament Erasmus Plus. And Erasmus Plus is open, thanks to the European Parliament and others, also for the Balkan states. You are t- they are all taking part in Erasmus, but I'm not so sure if they take also part in other parts of this Erasmus Plus, which means, for example, the volunteering service, which is a great, great thing. Please look in the paper. Try to find a way to bring your kids to this idea. So I think there are a lot of offers which are done, but I think not everybody is eager to get this, uh, to communicate this to the public and to the kids, not only in your countries, also in our countries. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, this is something of communication. You cannot do it only with papers. Mm -hmm. These papers are not read. You should do it verbally. You should find people which can use, be used as multiplicators. And this is what we, sh- what we should try to, to find, especially also for the Balkans. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Volon, please. You.
1: Good. Uh, thank you. In terms of RICO, uh, Regional Youth Cooperation Office, I think this is one of the good outputs of the Berlin process. And now we are just at its beginning. Uh, many things are had to be discussed and explored uh, how this is gonna be implemented and what are gonna be the results however uh, having in mind that uh, the the situation in the past in that region I think this is uh, quite good uh, achievement or output Uh, of course uh, related to some figures of unemployment uh, any figure of unemployment in Kosovo for example is high However, we have some discussions and debates among the statist- uh, statistical agencies and organisations that do different studies, such as UNDP and, and others. So there is quite a lot of informal employment as well, which is sometimes temporary. Uh, these are not registered; they don't pay taxes; mm-hmm. they can escape these aspects. So uh, the figures, but. The, the minimal figure we have, it's 26%, mm-hmm. which is very, very high again, till 35%. Uh, percent. Uh, all of this tells us that we have to, uh, to think about the need, how to change the concepts that didn't work so far. We have to go off the paths that didn't work. We have to explore emotions and feelings of the people there. We have to understand hopes and dreams and this is the duty of course of local politicians such myself I'm just a politician <laughs> and of course in Europe as well Europe has to go beyond instrumental values such as standards criteria, and so on because if you stick to that in hard bargaining or hard negotiation it's going to be very difficult for countries like us because we do lack capacities, this is, a right. no matter of fact. But the willingness is there. We are totally uh, oriented towards Europe. We don't have any alternatives. Uh, in Kosovo, uh, the absolute majority, uh, everyone is for Europe. So that, that will Already help. Already a good basis. That will help. Thank you. Thank you. So,
0: Alida and Georgia, you have now two minutes to share. So one minute for each. Uh, yes, first
4: Elida and then you. That's easy. Okay, now I just wanted to, because we speak about education, and I feel this is extremely important, just to give you a plastic example of what it means to study in the Western Balkans. If you study law, which I have, um, you have one oral exam in total, so you're not really fully equipped to, to even you know, speak eloquently somewhere, especially not in the public. If you study curriculum, one third of every single content is completely outdated. It belongs to... 70s and 80s and it's not even applicable in real real day life so it's 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 really like that and and that all concerning people that have access to universities and schools mm-hmm. what about those who live Don't. on the periphery I mean we had census in Bosnia and we had lots of mess around it but the, the key data out of this census is illiteracy which is by far the worst in Bosnia Wow. so It's it's going to be a very, very strong effort, a strong push to even start beginning. I would even argue that we haven't even begun with transition in in, in this process. This is infancy yet. Still, it's it's just whatever we have talked about, it just applies for urban areas, for the cities and those having access. Everyone else is excluded.
0: Thank you for that uh challenging uh, statement. Thank you very much. Giorgio, please.
5: Uh, shortly, there were two questions regarding RICO and thank you very much on, on these questions. The first was, will RICO provide more results than the Youth Initiative for Human Rights? I used to work for the Youth Initiative for Human Rights in Belgrade for three years and a half and I know that the idea that was partially initiated from our office uh, was RICO as such. I mean, Youth Initiative succeed for 15 years to exchange, for 13 years, to exchange 15,000 people in the Western Balkans. And now the idea is, with the same agenda, with the same curriculum, what can be done if the states support this program? So we do hope that it will bring the change, that it will bring something new to the Balkans, that when you have young people from Serbia that go to Kosovo, that you have young people from Bosnia that go to Albania and vice versa, that you make a kind of guarantee for peace in the future in the Balkans. Uh, the second question was regarding the communication strategy. Uh, honestly, I'm not that much involved now in the, in the process, but as a matter of fact, I know that the RICO staff will be employed by January 2017, and at least at the headquarter in, in, in Tirana, and they will start communicating um, massively about the, the RICO's goals and ideas. Apart from that, Currently, uh, on this very day, there is a conference in Belgrade that promotes RICO. So there are roundtables and conferences in uh, in all Western Balkan six countries, that deal with RICO. And I do think that RICO became much more uh, known and popular than than it was. I think that uh, it will become in the future much more, and that it it, it will provide to both organizations and institutions and individuals the possibility to exchange, to explore, to dream and to learn something new.
0: Thank you very much and I think that brings us to the end of this very interesting uh, conversation really. Thank you all panelists for focusing so much on the importance of education. I think that is something that we haven't done in the earlier sessions and we're really sort of focusing on it now. Before I uh, I ask you to join me in thanking the panelists. I'd like to thank our partners once again, Konrad Adenauer-Stiftung, UNDP, RCC, uh, Trans, Trans Adriatic Pipeline, and the U.S. Mission to the EU. So thank you indeed all very much. Please join me in thanking our panelists. And uh, thank you all also for your interest and your questions, and see you again next year.